Welcome to Choir Talks. My name is Greg O'Neill. I'm the worship pastor at Ridgecrest Baptist Church in Madison, Mississippi, and Choir Talks is my weekly podcast that would be something that I would share with my choir on a Wednesday night rehearsal. This week, we're going to look at Psalm 8. I love this psalm. It's always been one of my favorites. I memorized it as a child, and I could get the gist and understand it even as a child, and yet, um, throughout my life, I've seen more and more uh, layers of depth in it and, and have come to appreciate it even more. There's so much going on in Psalm 8. Uh, however, instead of me just reading it and trying to break it down for you this uh, during this podcast, what I'd like for you to do is experience it as a moment of worship. I mean, after all, all of the Psalms were intended to be acts of worship or part of worship And so today, I'm going to ask you right now, just unless you're driving, uh, to close your eyes and just imagine yourself as a shepherd outside of Bethlehem. You are, uh, it is nighttime and uh, the sheep are quiet and you are just having a thoughtful moment and, and you're on a hillside and you just lay your head back and you look up and see the stars and the beautiful night sky And your mind just begins to wander to think about the one who created it all. And as you are there in that place, let me read for you Psalm 8. Yahweh, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hand and put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and animals of the wild, birds in the sky the fish in the sea, and all that swim in the path of the seas. Yahweh, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. That's that's a beautiful poem, and it must have been an incredible, beautiful song. Uh, I hope that it helped you think about um, God as our creator. Um, There's so many things you could talk about in this psalm. Uh, It says, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Um, The name of the Lord is a huge theme in the Bible. I I think you could just think about this psalm in light of the fact that creation points to the majesty of God's name. As we read the Bible, we learn that his name is holy. It is to be revered. It's powerful. It's a fortress and a stronghold for those who run to it. Uh, God gave his son the name that is above every name and that it's the name of Jesus only that has the power to give us salvation. So there's, there's so much about the name of God. But here he focuses on the fact that his name is majestic. His name points to his character and it is majestic and creation is the evidence of his majesty. So he says, you have set your glory in the heavens. So particularly he's thinking maybe about that night sky and seeing the glory of God there. Now, the glory of God, that's a whole nother uh, huge biblical theme. We could think about Psalm 8 in light of the revelation of God's glory. Um, It's uh, pervasive, and it is everywhere on earth. 
And all of creation points to the glory of God. And here in this scene, particularly the heavens. Uh, verse 2, this is the verse that I never actually memorized uh, because as I'm reading and thinking about the night sky and the glory in creation, you read this out of verse 2. Through the praise of infants and children, you have established a stronghold against your enemies. Um, that just That's the one verse that just didn't seem that it fit with the overall themes of everything else. Um, however, this is one of those verses that I've come to understand a little bit deeper. Um, in my Bible here, there's a cross-reference verse, and that verse is Matthew 21. And in Matthew 21, there's the story of the triumphal entry. Jesus is coming into uh, Jerusalem, and uh, the, the children have uh, picked up palm branches, and uh, the poor of Jerusalem have gathered all along the way and uh, placed blankets before him, and they are crying out, Hosanna, which means save us, son of David. Well, son of David is, um, is a messianic uh, prophecy because God promised David that there would be a son of his, someone who'd come in his line that would be the anointed king. And the word anointed, of course, is, means Messiah. So it'd be, he would be the Messiah yet to come. So as, as uh, Jesus uh, accepts the praise of these children uh, along the way, he goes into the temple in Matthew 22, and he clears the temple of all of those who have made it a place of commerce so that it can be a place where the, the, the poor, just like the people who had, had proclaimed him king, could come and worship and be a part of, of, the, of Israel. Um, and then the leaders, the Pharisees and Sadducees, those religious leaders, they call him out and they say, hey, can't you hear what these people are saying? And then Jesus quotes Psalm 8-2, and he says, uh, have you never read uh, through the praise of children and infants, you have established praise. Um, so Jesus understood Psalm 8-2 to be a messianic prophecy. And the infants and children that cried out that day um, would represent all people who were, as he said in the Sermon on the Mount, poor in spirit, those who are humble. Uh, and and uh, Jesus also teaches that, that all have to come to him with the humility of a childlike faith. And so he is the champion of all of those who come in humility and cry out for him, uh, to him for mercy. And then in verse 3, he gets back to uh, looking at the heavens. He says, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers. I like that phrase, work of your fingers, because particularly here, it's the work of God's fingers in the heavens that help David think about the greatness and the artistry of its creator. So I'm going to ask you here as a, a worship thought, are you ever amazed at the work of God's fingers? Or when was the last time you just stopped and were amazed at the work of God's fingers? It, it may not be the night sky for you. It may be on a beach somewhere or on a mountain, or it may be enjoying the, the beauty of the people that God created around you even. Um, but are there moments in your life when you just stop your busyness and experience the greatness of the creator and be amazed at who he is? It's hard to imagine not being moved. When you, when you look at 
the artistry that the Creator has made all around us. Acts 1 tells us that God is revealing Himself through creation. That's His plan, so that all of it would point to His glory and, uh, and that it would be obvious, to, according to Acts 1, that it would be obvious to everyone in the world. This past week, I was out be, uh, on vacation and uh, spent some time in the mountains, and uh, it, was, it was a great experience. That's my way to stop and be amazed at God's creation. And particularly, uh, I took a lot of pictures of, of wildflowers um, out in the middle of nowhere on the side of a mountain. I'm just amazed at the beauty that pops up naturally uh, in the form of wildflowers. And uh, so I took a lot of pictures of those. They teased me a lot on vacation about um, being so focused on flowers. But I'm amazed by them. And I'm amazed because um, there they are growing up in a place where maybe not many people would ever even see them, as opposed to maybe a garden that somebody's grown just for the purpose of experiencing those flowers. These are in a remote place that, that spring up, and they're so beautiful and so perfect and uh, in their own way, they are shouting the glory of God. And it doesn't matter uh, whether people see them or not. They shout the glory of God. So I was glad to experience that. The work of God's fingers uh, that impresses David here is, is particularly the, the moon and the stars. And uh, here's a layer of Psalm 8 that I didn't see as a child. But he's really thinking about Genesis chapter 1 as he's writing here. It also talks about God creating these things. And Genesis 1 goes on to talk about that he also created man in his own image. And uh, what a special, amazing thing that is. So he, he says, what is man that you are mindful of them and human beings that you uh, care for them? For you have made them a little lower than the Elohim. Uh, and have crowned them with glory and honor. And so it's amazing to him that that God has given man this elevated position, flawed man, uh, that God has yet given them this elevated position in all of his creation. And it's not only that we are made in God's image, but God goes on to say in Genesis chapter 1, be fruitful and multiply and rule over the things of the earth. So God invites us to rule with him. It's a joint ruling. He, he is creator and us as caretaker over all the, the beauty that he has made. And so he, um, David's amazed at that. And he says, you made them to rule over the works of your hands and you've put everything under their feet. So he's amazed at what he sees in creation as it shouts about its creator and gives glory to him. He's also amazed how God can uh, give this great gift to us to allow us to be a part of, of, of that creation in a, in a ruler, caretaker manner and join him in that way. And then he ends with the same verse that he started with, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. As the Hebrew writers repeat something and use redundancy, they are using it specifically so that they can draw uh, attention to and emphasize the thing that is important. So again, here for him, it is the majesty of God's character and specifically his name. Hey, have a great moment of worship with some of these psalms this week. Start with Psalm 8. Have a great week. <laughs>